Welcome to the Fairview Church Podcast. At Fairview Church, we are dedicated to reaching our neighbors with the true freedom found in full surrender to Christ. To find out more about our church, including service times, location, and current sermon series, please visit us online at www.myfairview.org. I was talking with my wife this past week, and I was sharing with her that in some ways I miss the season when I was sick. And I know that sounds weird to hear me say, and maybe some of you are here for the first time or that you don't know what I'm talking about. And in in, uh, 2020 and 2021, I ended up having cancer and I didn't know it for a while, but eventually found out that was what was going on. And there were things that were unique to that season of time when I was dealing with all of the physical issues, losing weight, dealing with uh, just the uncertainty. And then once we kind of figured out what the cause was, uh, there was some difficulty in that and just sobering to hear those words. And yet in the midst of that season, what was going on, well, and you just just pay attention to the man up here. <laughs> just look at the man in the middle of the room. Uh, yeah, or, or just listen, rather, just listen to the man in the room. We're going to go full sensory experience here. Uh, man, I'm glad the baptism waters worked, though, this morning. Wasn't that incredible just to see that love, the opportunity to celebrate that beautiful story and, and just seeing those girls giving their life to Jesus. That was incredible. But what it was, was through that season... And maybe some of you have been through a season like that. You've been through a season of sickness, or maybe you've had cancer, or maybe you've just gone through a really difficult time. And while you never would choose that, in the midst of that, there was such the sense of dependence on God. Every day I woke up, and there was this clear reality that I was completely dependent on God. There was this complete focus on one day at a time, and there was this this way in which my experience of God was different, right? It wasn't that God was different, but, but the way in which I saw his direction in my life and, and even some things that were happening around me in and through that season was, was very unique. It was very powerful. And, and in some ways, what I was telling Jill earlier this week, I miss that, because it is so easy to get back into the normal routines. It's so easy to get back to just kind of accepting and expecting things uh, to happen normally and, and truly to get back to being very self-sufficient, very much depending on my own resources and even my own kind of plans in some different ways. And so this last week, I remembered one of the most powerful elements of that time was actually when one of my friends who's part of Fairview came up to me and said, Hey, I believe the Lord is leading me to wash your feet. <laughs> and that was odd in the moment because that's not something anyone's ever done for me. And yet I believe the Lord used it in a profound way. And my surgery ended up getting pushed back a week 
And because of that, I was able to have another Sunday here. And I knew that that was what the Lord was calling me to do with that Sunday. And so I washed my father-in-law, Lane Martin's feet in one service and Terry Kemp, uh, my, my good friend and brother here, his feet in another service. And, and that picture and that experience was, was so profound. And it, to me, was so clarifying of Jesus' call on my life and Jesus' call on us as a church. And, and if you were here that day, like I mostly cried, <laughs> preached a little bit. But the passage and that vision, I think, is, is so profound. It is still something that I want to, I don't want to lose that. I want to remember what God did, and I want to remember that calling. And so we are going to look this morning at John chapter 13, verses 3 through 5. And uh, I have the words on the back screen. You may hear in a moment. We'll see. But I would ask nonetheless that you would stand with me in honor of reading God's word. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands that he had come from God and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come now, that you would take these words that you have given to us these words of truth. We ask that you would plant them into our hearts and into our lives. And we ask that by your work, they would bear fruit both within and through us, all to bring glory to the name of Jesus, our King. Amen. We have a mission statement here at Fairview Church. And that is reaching our neighbors with the true freedom found in full surrender to Christ. And underneath that mission statement of a life of true freedom lived in full surrender to Christ, we have identified um, elements that that make that up. And, And those are life with God. And the question under life with God is, where will prayer and Bible study lead me? The second component of a life of true freedom is life with influence. Who am I investing in as they grow spiritually? Uh, Third is life with impact. What needs am I meeting through giving and serving? Next is that true freedom is life with purpose. Who will I introduce to Jesus today? And finally, true freedom is life with connection. And the question there is, who am I locking arms with as we grow in true freedom? This mission statement and these elements of a life of true freedom are not from my head. This was the product of a group of 12 individuals across Fairview Church, different ages, different lengths of time at Fairview, but we all met for really an entire year of 2019 and came up with this that we believe God was giving us in terms of where we were going to be headed as a church. And everything that we do year in and year out is contained within that. So, so we never want to do anything that doesn't accomplish this vision. 
that isn't built around this mission that God has given us as a church. And yet, as many organizations or many individuals do from year to year, there is a particular focus that we have. There's a particular area that we are going to uh, seek to to really build into our lives and our uh, plans as a church. And so as a staff, we met, and this ended up being a few weeks that we would have our staff meeting and we would pray and consider all of these elements and ask, where are we going to focus specifically this year? And out of that process, we came to the element of life with impact. And the question, once again, from life with impact is what needs am I meeting through giving and serving? Underneath uh, that, uh, that element of life with God, life with impact, we have uh, specific expressions of that. And this is all material, by the way, that we go through in our new members class, and we have one uh, that's coming up next week. And so if you would like to, to learn more about what it means to be a member here at Fairview Church, we would love to have you register for that. Uh, but underneath this life with impact, we see that it is modeled by using my gifts to serve and minister to others in the church, giving my tithes and offerings to support the mission of the church, and recognizing and meeting needs around me outside of the church. So this is what life with impact looks like. And again, this is nothing brand new. This is uh, material that we have shared with you many times. But this is where we believe God was leading us directionally as we moved into 2020. But our 2020, wow, are we, are we still in 2020? We might, I think, I think that was a, a decade long that we're still living in. But the specific focus under this life with impact that we considered is, is what does it mean for us as a church in 2022 to be effective at living this out? And, and this is the statement that we came to. To spend 22,000 hours serving in our spheres of impact. Now, we want to unpack that because there are some numbers and there are some words there that you probably don't uh, know what they mean. And so as we thought about what, what it meant for us to live collectively these, these lives of impact and specifically considering the opportunity for us to serve here at Fairview Church, but also to serve in our homes which is a context all of us are, uh, and then also in our community. Uh, we, we came to the concept of spheres of impact. And, and so I think we have a, a visual of these spheres of... Oh, never mind. Now I'll, I'll explain that in a second. But, but the circles, which are uh, or the spheres, which are home, again. And so when you think about your home, that is an opportunity for you to make an impact. That is an offer, opportunity for you to live a life of impact. And then we thought about our community around us. And there are ways in which we all experience a community that may be in our workplace, that may be serving needs that are out in our community, uh, that may be joining with others in uh, efforts that are already ongoing. And then, uh, so all of this together is something that we believe that as a church, we can collectively spend 22,000 hours, and we've done the math 
It is possible. <laughs> uh, it is challenging, absolutely, but it is something that is very much possible for us together. And so we want to be able to track this. We want to record how we are doing in our progress towards this goal. And so we will have jars. And that was the next logo that is here. And we're going to have them in the back of the room. Beginning next week, we'll have this set up. And within these jars, we'll have marbles. And those marbles will represent uh, our opportunities to serve in these different ways. And we will unpack this more uh, in the weeks to come. But we, we want to encourage you to find ways that you can serve and to continue in ways that you are serving and to join together collectively in this effort. We believe God can use this year and use this body of believers to do incredible things. Now, why would we do this? Is this just something that we want to feel good about ourselves, that we can get to this massive number of hours serving here at the church, serving in our homes and serving in our community? No. The reason that we are doing this very much comes from the passage that I read and that we're going to look into now. We read in that passage that Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. Now, think about that statement. The Father had given everything into his hands. We see this expressed elsewhere as, as this fullness of authority, this fullness of power that Jesus had. And when you think about that, he also knew where he was going. Now, ultimately, we know that that was where? Where was he going back? To heaven, right? We see this descent from heaven to earth, and we see this ultimate return that is in view. And so when we think about that, Jesus knowing he had all authority, all power, everything had been placed into his hands by his father, and he had this this ultimate reality of where he was headed eventually, I think about what I would expect to come next. And it made me think of like sports movies. My kids recently have watched the, the classic Mighty Ducks. And uh, so if you all have watched that, you remember, this, you know, quack, quack, quack. And uh, all of the Rudy and just all of the movies. Remember the Titans? Uh, all of these movies that have these similar themes, which is joining together as a team. And usually you've got all of these, you know, sh- struggling individuals and all of this disorganization. And, and at the end, they kind of come together. And there's usually a speech, right? Usually the coach is going to give this speech and it's going to rally them to go out and do what? They're going to win, right? And, and I think that is very much in light of, of the context for these words of Jesus. Because the disciples of Jesus, we know, were expecting Jesus to win. They were expecting Jesus to accomplish this agenda that would have been political power, that would have been success, that it would have been allowing them to kind of ride his coattails into flame, into fame and glory. And so that kind of sports movie moment is, is I think what they have in mind. 
All power. All things have been placed into my hands, and I know where I'm going. And so now we're going to go out there. We're going to run, and we're taking them on the run. We're going to run. We're going to get out. We're going to fight, fight, fight. We're going to win. And yet, what is it that Jesus actually does in this moment? He takes up a towel, and he washes feet. I've preached about this in the past, and we're about to start into the Gospel of John here in a couple weeks, and so I'll preach about it again. But very simply, this was the most menial, the lowliest, most disgusting task that took place in society. And Jesus took up a towel and took upon himself the lowliest expression of a servant. Dallas Willard said, this was, he's, he's been dead a while now, but back when the What Was Jesus Do bracelets were out, he, he suggested making a change. Instead of WWJD, he suggested HWJD, and that was how would Jesus do? And so whatever you were considering, the question would be how would Jesus do X if he were me, if he were in this context? And the answer that he provided was he would do that as a servant. That whatever that context was, he would enter it from the standpoint of a servant. You see, Jesus' way is the way of a servant. We read Paul's words in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8, where he says, Adapt the same attitude or mindset as that of Christ Jesus, who... Existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited or used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of what? A servant. Taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on cross. What is the mindset of Christ Jesus? The way of seeing the world, the way of seeing the situations or the spheres, if you will, that we enter, to see them from the perspective and with the mentality of a servant. And we see that that was expressed in the life of Jesus, but ultimately as Paul Describes that was seen in the death of Jesus. And we are given this calling and we are given this identity as, as those who would claim to be in Christ. The identity of being in Christ, of being in the one who was a servant, of, of taking this mentality into our lives and into our families and into our workplaces is that of a servant, but we do not, and I, I want to encourage us to really think this through. We do not do this on our own. I am not simply up here encouraging that we become some local club that is built around service. I think those are wonderful, and I'm glad for those, but the calling that we see that is unique to the church is, is not simply that you go out and, and spend your hours serving, 
But instead, the unique element of this calling from Jesus that is given to the church is that we first seek to participate in the kingdom of God. That we, before we seek to meet needs around us, that we seek after the kingdom of God. We read in Matthew six thirty three, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be provided for you. The, the things that you're tempted to seek after, even the accolades or even the pat on the back, are, are all things that if they are primary, will be enslaving. You see, we are called first and foremost to seek after the kingdom of God, this reality that is, that is over and above anything that, that we naturally experience. And yet it is in that that we are able to serve, not to get something, but to truly give something. We remember that Jesus came for a purpose. The Father had sent him not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You see, he, he came and, and he was bringing about the kingdom of God. He was doing the work that the Father had called him to do. We, he, he regularly is, is saying things like, my Father is working. My Father is out here accomplishing the things. God is, is doing his work. He's bringing his kingdom. And I am simply joining in that work. Right, to bring the kingdom of God into a new reality that, that you can participate in. You see, Dallas Willard goes on to say that the kingdom of God, I think this is helpful, is what God is doing. Full stop there. The kingdom of God, this theme that we find in the Old Testament and we find in the New Testament, it is a major emphasis of Jesus, what he came to do, what he came to bring about, what he was calling his followers to enter into. And fundamentally, the kingdom of God is what God is doing. And so how do we participate in that? How do, how do you, in your life and in your settings, your spheres of impact, how do you participate in the kingdom of God? And I think very much the message of Jesus is that you can, right? I think this is very much what, what he is doing. He is inviting participation into the kingdom of God at the very lowest level. There is, there is this invitation that anyone who will, whosoever will may come, right? And enter into this work that God is doing. And so therefore the calling that we have, hear this, Willard goes on to say is, find out what God is doing and do that with him. Some of you went through experiencing God with Henry Blackaby many years ago. In many ways, that was the message. But I think that this is the calling. Find out what God is doing and do it with him. And, and for me, this is why this is so important, that this is not simply a solo effort or a self-motivated effort, but, but we are joining in something that God is doing. I think about my kids. They want to do what I am doing. My son Jackson is four today. Today's his birthday. And 
he wants to do what I'm doing. He wants to do what his brothers are doing, right? And there are often times when that's an issue because he can't, like, play the games that they're playing or he, he can't understand certain things, but he wants to, and so it makes him upset because he wants to do what his brothers are doing or, or he wants to do what I'm doing, and, and there are realities to that. And I think that is something that is core to love. I've heard it said recently, and I think this is important, that in order to understand anything truly, you have to love it. And, and I'm seeing this more and more in my own life. In order to truly understand something, there has to be love behind it. And, and love desires to do with. And that is, I think, where Jesus is directing our hearts first and foremost to God. And receiving the fullness of his provision, the security of his love, and that love that is certain, that is secure, that is not based on effort or earning, that is guaranteed to us, is, and I, and I, I drew this last week, it's the soil in which our life must grow and from which we must do everything that we're doing. And, and it is in that place of security that Jesus understood that everything he needed was being provided by God, that he was able to take up the towel and wash feet. And so often, I think, what keeps us from serving? What keeps us from generosity and giving? What keeps us from living lives that are truly poured out for others it is this, this feeling of scarcity. It's, it's this feeling that we, we don't have enough. And so we need to keep what we have because if we truly give, if we truly step in in this way, we might not end up with enough for ourselves. And I think that is a mentality that, that the enemy uses in many ways to prevent us from joining in the work of the kingdom of God. And, and Jesus has come and, and he's presenting this view of the kingdom where he's saying, see the world this way, right? Imagine the world as, as a world in which your father is providing you with everything that you need. And look at the birds. He's caring for every little one of them. Look at the flowers and all of their beauty. He's providing for them. And so you don't have to worry, Jesus says, in these words that are probably, to me, still one of the, the oddest and most crazy things that he said. Right? You really can trust in your father. You really can step into the life that you live and the situations that you enter with that level of security so that you enter them not to get once again, but to give and this is the, the place that we are called to. And did we lose our screens again? Do we have? Okay, and, and, and this is where for me, I think this all comes together. I was ready to draw this if I needed to, but we've got this here. Because if we are in Christ and we are joining the kingdom of God, what God is doing and God is working all around us. God is working in our community. God is working in your family. God is working in your workplace. There, there are all of these things that God is doing. And we are to be those first and foremost to find our identity in Jesus, that we are in Christ 
And we are those who, because of that, are servants. And that identity is primary. And before, like in my home, I'm a father, I'm a husband. But before that, I have to see myself in Christ as a servant. My role in the community, in some ways, you know, I serve in different organizations and and there are things that I do. And yet, first and foremost, I have to see my calling as a servant. And, and in the church, I have this role as a pastor. But before I do that, I can approach that in such a way that, as I shared last week, that I'm trying to get things from you all. And so I have to first and foremost see my role is to be a servant in Christ. Called to use whatever gifting or ability or resources I have in that way. And, and so this is where our identity as servants is to be what, what characterizes us and those who step into these spheres of impact to express the love of God through serving others. And, and I want our church to not simply be about Fairview Church, but first and foremost, we want to be about the kingdom of God. We, we want to, to see the resources that we have, the facility that we have, the people that we have as what has been entrusted to us to be used for the purposes of joining God in what he is doing. And that's what we desire to do. And so we're going we're gonna to unpack this more, but I'm, I'm going to ask Pastor John uh, to come up in, in just a moment. But one of the ways that we... We want to accomplish the task that we have been given as leaders. Ephesians 4, 12 says the leadership of the church, the pastors, and, and those in leadership are, are given the calling of equipping the saints, which is you all, for the work of ministry. And so we want to join in equipping you for this, this task of serving in these contexts. And, and so one of the ways we're doing that is we have partnered with Everyone's Wilson. And Everyone's Wilson is, is an organization that is, is primarily focused right now about stepping into our school system and serving needs there. And we have been partnered with Winfrey Bryant. And in fact, we've been partnered with them for a while and we've done FCA there and we've done things to kind of help their teachers. But we've really stepped that up uh, here this year and we're going to continue to lean into that and, and Pastor John will share more about that in just a moment. But watch this video that will tell you just a, a little bit more about that partnership. Winfrey Bryant uh, with Eve Southworth, one of the assistant principals here. And uh, we are so excited that we get to be a partner with Winfrey Bryant uh, through Everyone's Wilson. Now, this is a school that we've already partnered with before in a, in a variety of ways. We lead FCA here on Tuesdays. We have roughly on average about 80 students at FCA on Tuesday mornings. And we supply coffee for the teachers and faculty on a regular basis. We do a couple other things, but I want to turn it over to Eve uh, to share a few words with you guys. Hi, Fairview Church. Thank you so much for supporting our teachers, supporting our students, and just being a huge partner for our school. We are so incredibly grateful. Uh, this is our Star Books room. It's um, housed right here in our library. We are excited about the partnership um, that we have with you guys to get this room up and going for our students to come enjoy, um, to build our reading initiative. This is a huge motivator for our students 
students. Um, thank you so much for your teacher support, um, for providing them with coffee in our teacher's lounge. That goes a long way. Um, all of us need coffee every single day. So we are very, very thankful. Thank you for gift cards and ongoing support of our teacher, um, our teacher store that we provide for our teachers at the end of the year. We cannot thank you enough. And we are so excited to continue this partnership with you guys. Well, first off, I just want to say a uh, thank you to Fairview Church for your generosity in your involvement at Winfrey Bryant. Um, over the Christmas season, we were able to give every single teacher a gift card for Christmas that they didn't need to spend on school supplies. It was just for them. And uh, I talked to one of the teachers this week when I was there for FCA. She said it was like being on Oprah and be given a free car. That's what she said it felt like. She said there was real tears. And so um, I just want to thank you for your just generosity with Winfrey Bryant. We are stepping up our service opportunities there as a part of everyone's Wilson. Uh, you may have noticed the thank you card that was out there in the lobby. There's a sign-up sheet there if you want to help, whether that is mentoring or even as something as simple as going and organizing their clothes closet. Uh, there's a lot of ways that you can help, or you can just go online at everyoneswilson.org and fill out the volunteer uh, registration tab. You'll fill out your information, and then uh, it'll get sent to me, and I'll help coordinate those opportunities at Winfrey Bryant. But uh, this is one of the ways that we are trying to reach out in, in our community and show that we care about our community. And a part of that, and we're going to switch gears a little bit here, but a part of that is understanding how we can leverage our spaces here at Fairview Church in order to reach our community and, and really build a missional opportunity here at the church. And so I want to uh, share an update about our family ministry project. And if you don't know what that is, that's okay. You're about to find out. Let's watch that video. Back in uh, 2019, we started having a conversation as a church because our playground outside, let's just say it was pretty rough, and I needed to be gone. Hello? Perfect. Uh, and we needed to uh, uh, not only think about replacing something, but we had some needs in our own kids ministry area that we needed to look at and address. And we realized through this process in 2019 that it was going to be significantly uh, more cost effective to focus on our indoor area as a church for our kids ministry, uh, including an indoor playground. And so we started focusing our attention there. And in May of last year, uh, we 
uh, Beck and I shared our vision for the Family Ministry Project to create an exciting environment where kids can learn and respond to Jesus. And primarily it's because we know that not only are kids our greatest and students our greatest mission field, most people who come to Christ are under the age of 18, but they're also the best evangelists. Uh, they are the ones that are able to share the gospel with their friends in a far greater way than I can. And they're a lot more effective at it. And we know that the kids that we are raising today and the students that we're raising in our church are going to be the leaders of the church in the next 10, 20, 30 years. And so we really believe this is an area worth investing in. And in May, we asked you to uh, come together and to be generous. Um, and so since then, we have been fundraising. We've done a lot of different events. We've been solidifying the design and the price of each phase moving forward for this renovation and this project. And uh, since May 2021 uh, to December 31st, so this is last year. Now, drum roll. I want to drum roll. You got to pat your legs. We have raised... $124,000 just last year. I mean, we can praise the Lord for that. Honestly, I am blown away by the generosity of our church and your uh, sacrificial giving. Well, because of this outpouring of investment, our finance team uh, in December approved the first phase and allowed us to sign the contract for the first phase of this project. So let me go to that next screen there so I can kind of share with you what we're looking at here. Uh, the first phase is a total of $165,000. Uh, you raised a little over $124,000. So there is a small deficit there, but there's a reason why we went ahead and signed it. Not only did we sign because of just the generosity of our church, but one, the price of the project was going to go up based on materials in January, a significant amount. And then second, it solidifies a date. So no longer are we thinking 2023 for this to be done. This project, this first phase of everything you just saw will be done this summer, in June of this summer. So can we just praise the Lord for that? That is just so excited that there uh, is, it's coming together. I really believe our kids are really going to benefit from it. But since we're on this side of 2022, uh, it's time to kick off our finish line fundraiser. That's what this bad boy is right there. You got it as you came in, the finish line fundraiser. And we're asking you to help us to uh, uh, finish the rest of that phase. Can we go back to that that uh, one graphic with the, the uh, panels there? the graph. So the first phase, we're going to try and raise the additional, there's about $40,000 left that we're going to try and raise between now and in the installation date. If we raise more than that $40,000, we will move into phase two. Phase two is $15,000 and it, it, it is the flooring in our kids worship area and it's the flooring in our playground room, new flooring there. Phase three is the Part B of the floors, that's the rest of the floors in our kids' area. And then the last item is another $15,000 for phase four, which is additional equipment and additional items uh, for the, the kids' area. And so we're focused on phase one right now, kind of finishing out strong uh, this phase one project. And, and there's a couple of ways that you can help us in the near uh, coming months that you can help us do this. And this is like there's four legs to every race. Well, we have four opportunities for you to kind of help us get to this finish line for our fundraising effort um, as a church. And so the first one is our book naming event, our book naming event. So if you'll show the K1, the Kids Worship Center picture, uh, if you would, it's that big one that looks like the cabin. 
Uh, our book naming event uh, has to do with our bookshelf. So if you look over there in this awesome kids' worship center, uh, you'll notice uh, next to that uh, mirror there is actually a TV. It's a big TV for them to use. And then next to it, you see the bookshelves. These are cartoon type of bookshelves. They're animated. They're super cool. And on those bookshelves, there are books, and those books need names. And so we have a limited amount of 50 book titles. And so what we're asking for our first kind of event in the month of February is that for the first 50 donations towards our family ministry project of a minimum of $100, you will have the opportunity to name that book. And so you can do an honor of or in memory, a memory of a loved one. You could do something fun like Jonathan and Mason's fun day at the park. You could say, say like the Spolinos go to Nashville. I don't know. You can do whatever you want. You can just put your own uh, to scripture reference that you love. You can do whatever you like on those book titles. And so we're asking you to think through. Uh, we know that we have already been sacrificial uh, in our giving, but I am asking as a pastor to help us get to that finish line. And I know that some of you, $100 is a lot, okay? It is a lot of money. And we are grateful for that sacrifice. But some of you um, have been uh, gifted a little bit more. And so you might be able to spend $500 or $1,000 or more than that uh, to sponsor one of these bu- books. And so we have 50 spots in the month of February. Uh, the reason why it has to be done in February because uh, we had to send it in for those to actually get, you know, put on the slides and all that kind of stuff. So the first 50 in the month of February, we'll get to name one of those books. And so the first 50 donations of $100 or more, and you'll get an email at the end of the month uh, with the link to put down that title. So make sure you uh, do that with us. In the month of March, and I'm not going to go into as much detail on these. You'll see them on here and there'll be more details to follow. But in the month of March, we're going to have sponsoring a classroom. And so we're asking our community groups to sponsor a classroom, not only to pray for the children in the classroom and the leaders there, but also to support and encourage the leaders, and then also to help us as we paint. Between now and installation, we're going to be painting the whole entire kids' wing, and so this will help us with donations to help us go towards materials. If you're not a part of a community group, I just want to recommend you get a part of one, not only for your relationship with the Lord, it will grow being with other believers, but it's important for you to get to know other Christians that can help you in life. And so if you're not a part of one, go be a part of one. But if you want to give towards our classrooms and our painting and those sorts of things uh, coming up, you can do that in the month of March. In April, we're going to have t-shirts and merch. We're going to have some exclusive Fairview Kids t-shirts, some exclusive Fairview shirts. And when you buy those merchandise, a portion of that will come back to us as a project. And then last but not least in May, we're going to be doing our yard sale. And so this yard sale, we did one at the end of last summer. And so many of you said, do one at the beginning of the summer. So we are. We're doing it in May. So as you're thinking about spring cleaning, uh, think about what items you might be able to donate uh, to our uh, yard sale. We will, the proceeds will go to our project. And then whatever items we have left, we'll do like we did in July. And we'll bring it to a local ministry and donate the rest of that there. And so that's just kind of a snapshot of the four opportunities coming up where you can help us here. Now, I know this is a lot of information. There's going to be a lot online that you can read up on, but I don't want us to get sidetracked on the reason why we're doing this. Um, we really believe that these, that kids and students are not only our future, but we really believe that an investment in our kids in this way is going to uh, immerse them in a place where they can respond to Jesus in multiple different ways. And 
we want to see Jesus uh, in the lives of our kids and our students, and it's been amazing to see our family ministry. Did you know in the last two years, we've had over 20 families join our church family? And it's amazing to see the type of families that are coming in both in kids ministry and in student ministry. Back along with the family ministry volunteers, both in kids and students, are doing an incredible job discipling our kids. We're seeing kids and students take steps of obedience in their relationship with Jesus. We see kids memorizing scripture on a, a weekly basis in Awana. We're seeing kids come to faith and being baptized. It seems like every VBS, God is blowing away our expectations for what he is doing uh, in our VBS. We're seeing kids and students being discipled by their community group leaders. We're seeing godly friendships form in those classrooms. One of the things that I love about our family ministry is that we're seeing kids serve and students serve. The fifth graders are being given opportunities to lead in their family ministry, uh, in their own kids area. Our students, you can see them working anywhere from the welcome uh, center to the booth back there to shepherd team or in kids ministry. I'm loving how I'm seeing students uh, go out and serve. We just took our winter retreat, our students to the winter retreat and on that trip, we had one student give their life to Christ for the first time ever. We had a several others rededicate their life to the Lord. And then we had even some students talking about how they can leverage their summer to go and be a camp counselor at these Christian uh, camps in order to share the gospel with students. I mean, it's amazing to see the steps of obedience that uh, our students are going through and our kids are, are doing for the Lord. And so uh, I really believe God is doing a mighty thing in our family ministry and with this project. And I really can't can't wait to see what he's going to do more. But again, it's not just about the stuff that he is doing here. We are asking the question, how can God leverage this project, all of this, this new uh, renovation that we're doing in this playground? How can we leverage that for the kingdom of God in, for our community and allow people to use it uh, for the best of, um, for, for his glory? And so with that, I'm going to ask Beck to come on up here because she's going to speak a little bit on the missional side of our, um, of our project. All right, guys. So, wow, we are here. We have signed the contract. We are excited. Um, it has just been a privilege and an honor to be able to work with our family ministry project team. And so if we could have that slide come on up, I just want to personally thank Beth Goolsby. And if so, if you are here, please stand up when I say your name. I think Scarlett's back at the kids' check-in desk. But um, if Beth Goolsby will stand, Jamison Jones, Rita Painter, Sandy Bumbelow, Chuck Young's Quest, Todd Bates, Tim Founts, Scar- Scarlett Chadwell, and Paul Bennett. If you guys would stand, could we give them a round of applause? And Pastor John... Thank you so much. Um, it is because of your sacrifice on Wednesday nights when we meet and discussing for hours how we can fundraise, how uh, we can communicate this to our church body. Um, their creative insights and their wisdom have really helped Pastor John and myself um, really formulate this project for you all. And uh, they are just a gift. And so I'm truly thankful for each and every single one of you. Thank you for sacrificing your time uh, to come and help us uh, launch this campaign campaign and launch this project for our uh, family ministries. And so thank you so much. Um, So if you have any questions about the family ministry project, 
You can find one of those people and um, they can answer some questions for you. You can find myself or Pastor John um, after service, within the weeks to come, the months to come as we finish this race. Um, And so I just kind of want to remind you, um, last time we spoke, and so this may be the first time you're actually hearing about this because we've added a lot of families and a lot of new um, members to our church over the last six to nine months. And so if this is your first time you're hearing about our family ministry project, I want you to think about missional opportunities. I want you to think about gospel uh, conversations. So when you see the playground, I don't want you to just think, oh, that's going to be really fun for our kids. I want you to think about who in your neighborhood could you invite on a rainy Thursday to come up to church and play in the playground and you get to have an intentional conversation about Jesus Christ with that mom or that dad, maybe that uncle or that grandma, right? Um, We want this to be an opportunity to serve our community when it does rain in the summertime. Um, I want our kids to be able to come up here and for the moms and I to get together and have a conversation so that I can encourage them and equip them in the gospel, right? And I want to be able uh, for our Sunday mornings with our beautiful uh, cabin display that's going to be in K1, I want us to be able to be laser focused in the gospel messages that Mr. Adam is teaching or Mr. Dusty or myself or Mr. Jameson when we're doing Camp Fairview. Um, I just think it is such a worthy project and I'm just excited to partner with you all in it um, as we continue to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, specifically in Wilson County and here in Fairview Church. Um, And so with that in mind, as we keep gospel conversations um, at the forefront and missional opportunities, I just really um, am so excited to have all of our kids. So kids ministry, anyone fifth grade and below, go ahead and stand up where you are. And anyone in our student ministry, so middle school, high schoolers, can you just stand? Okay, you're not moving, you're just going to stand up. Okay, I want you to look around. You're all going to stay with, you know, stay at your seats. But when we see all of these precious kids and students and what God has given us, our ministries are continuing to grow, which means the opportunity to create disciples is continuing to grow, right? Um, It is amazing the conversations I get to have, the conversations Pastor John gets to have with our students and with our kids on a weekly basis. Um, But parents, I'm looking to you. Grandparents, I'm looking to you. Uh, Community group leaders, I'm looking to you. Awana leaders, Wednesday Night Alive leaders, I'm looking to you. We have the opportunity to create resilient disciples. So when you come on Sunday mornings, when you come on Wednesday nights, when you're taking them home, it's an opportunity for a gospel conversation. It's an opportunity to point their hearts to Jesus when they're battling hard things at school, when they're stressed out about a test. Maybe a friend has spoken some not kind words to them. It's an opportunity to point them to the one who knows them best. And that is King Jesus. And so I want you to think about parents and grandparents and everyone in here. I want you to think about 2050. Okay, I know that might be a really long time. We might feel like, I don't know, a century by the time we get there. But think about the church of 2050. Do you see your kids leading community groups? Do you see your kids, I think of one, Noelle Hilton, because she's teaching our four-year-olds right now. Um, Do you see them taking God's word to the ends of the earth earth, and um, utilizing their giftings for the kingdom? Do you see their hearts longing for the word of God? The word of God is like milk and honey to their soul. Do you see that for them? And if you don't, what can you change on a daily basis to make God the prized possession of your home 
and you're sharing that experience with your kids and you're, you're cultivating that relationship with them. My heart and my prayer is, is that we would not waste the hours that we serve for a pat on our own back, but it would bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ and that these kids would see us cherishing Jesus and loving Jesus and, and they would want that relationship. They would want that experience for themselves and they're gonna wanna partner alongside of you in that. Okay, and so students as you're standing and kids as you're standing, parents, I would love it if you would put your hand on your own child. And for everyone else in our service, I want you to just raise your hands out to any kids that are around you. And we are gonna pray over these children and these students. So take a moment to just pray that God would use them in such a mighty way for his honor and for his glory and that they would come to a true, genuine relationship with Jesus. So please take that moment. God, we need you. We trust you, King Jesus. Lord, these are your kids. These are your students. And we commit them to you. God, thank you for the families that you have brought to us. Thank you for the opportunities that we get to love on these children and to point them to you. Lord, we have opportunities and we have um, projects that we get to partner with. But Lord, I pray that our mindset would be Matthew six thirty three. Lord, that, that our mindset would be on the kingdom. We would have that eternal perspective to make disciples in our homes and to show them what it truly looks like to walk in a personal and intimate relationship with you. And so Lord, we thank you for these precious kids. We thank you for these students. God, allow for gospel conversations to happen in the homes, in the car rides, in the, the, the carpool line, at the soccer games. Lord, would we plant seeds that would grow up to be strong trees that are abiding in you, King Jesus, and in your word. God, would these kids love your word above all else? Would we look at the church of 2050 and we would see just an army of resilient disciples who are standing firm on the foundation of your word, Lord, that that your word and their relationship with you would be an anchor for their soul, Hebrews says. God, we commit these kids and these students to you and we ask, as Ephesians 4 says, that you would do far greater things than we could ever dream or imagine. Lord, we love you. We trust you with all of our efforts and all of the ways that we're gonna serve you this year, but allow it to be Holy Spirit led and out of obedience. God, we love you and we ask these things in your holy name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Fairview Church podcast. To find out more about our church, please visit us online at www.myfairview.org.